you know, it, it went from you're never going to walk again and I'm in a wheelchair to you're never going to be able to walk without your walker. You're never going to be able to walk without a cane. Then progress to you're never going to be able to walk without a limp. And the thing is, like when I'm in a uh, a walker and they're telling me I'll never be able to walk with a cane, I'm thinking that's great because I'm like I'm walking. Happy Thursday, folks. For this Thursday episode, we're not going to be doing a throwback like we usually do. We're going to be doing an episode from my other show, Without Compromise, through Athletic Brewing. And that's because Dave is so dang inspirational. I wanted to play it here. Now, it's not necessarily an adventure sport, but it is sport, and it is movement, and it is being out in nature, as you'll hear. Dave loves running outside. Uh, even if it is in the concrete jungle of, of Philly, you know, the, the, the pictures he posts from his run all the time that I see in the ambassador group, you know, it's beautiful, beautiful settings. And it's the power of nature and the power of getting yourself moving. Uh, and that's applicable, whether it's, you know, running in the streets of Philly or running in uh, the Himalayas in the middle of nowhere or wherever, wherever it is for you. The power of finding that thing for you and doing it every day or doing it as often as you can is 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 true across the board and it doesn't matter what your background is or where you come from dave's story is going to prove that to you if you're at all interested in hearing more or reading more there is a link to a blog post about dave's story Uh, but i just encourage you um, to just to learn as much as you can from him he's well spoken he's eloquent uh, he's a great storyteller and I really enjoyed this conversation. And also, I did want to give a quick shout out before we get started. Longtime listener of the show, Nathan, uh, you reached out recently talking about, you know, sh- sharing some ideas for some guests, which I really appreciate that. Every time you reach out and share um, someone you think would be a good guest, that, that's how the show keeps going. That's how we find new people to interview. So please do that. But anyway, Nathan reached out with a couple ideas and mentioned that he's getting ready to start the Appalachian Trail, a through hike. And so he actually started two days ago, started the AT. So Nathan, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for the encouraging words about the show. Glad we've played, you know, a small part in getting you out there, helping you motivate you and inspire you to get out there. And you know, congratulations on on actually taking taking a step on the trail. We're going to be wishing you luck. Uh, please check in with us at the end of this. Love to love to hear about the experience. Good luck out there. Have a great time and we'll talk to you soon. And lastly, before we jump right in, I want to tell you about Restoration Depot. Restoration Depot is someone who's helping make this show possible and they are an online positive, fun community of folks taking all sorts of classes. So whether you want to learn more about yoga or Tai Chi or music classes or anything anything they offer around health and wellness, around, around the arts, around fitness, very inspirational classes, very welcoming, uh, very energetic, very fun and exciting because we can't always get to the gym. You know, might be traveling for work now. You might be just stuck at home still working and maybe you're not getting out. So this is a great place to go. First class is $5 when you select first class special at checkout. Um, but check out what they got to offer. They're always added more classes too. So so there might be something there that you really, you, re- you would really enjoy. I would bet there's something there. So check them out. 
And uh, yeah, that's enough. That's enough shout outs and plugging. Let's get into the episode. Today we have a story we've been wanting to tell for a while. Ambassador Dave Scarpello, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing. I'm doing excellent. I mean, now that I like one of my favorite podcasts, and and now I'm on it. I'm doing great. <laughs> it's one of your favorite podcasts. Do you listen to other shows, or <laughs> have you heard other shows? Because <laughs> there's some good I, ones out there. I do. Oh, I man. do. That's funny. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Tell us, what, what, where are you coming from today? Where's home for you? Philly. Philly. All 54 years in Philadelphia. Born and raised. Wow. Well, what was yeah. that like? What was growing up in Philly like? Where, what did you grow up doing? I grew up in the Germantown section of Philadelphia. Went to high school in North Philly. Kind of rough, the, the timing, because of my age. Like I, I was just... Just about ready to graduate from high school when the when the crack epidemic hit, and and definitely like around the neighborhood that I was in for high school, and actually, you know, now that I think about it, it it's probably shaped and affected my life more than I realized because I had a conversation with somebody recently that was talking about they had been to a funeral for. Uh, one of their friends and they said it was only the second time they'd been to a funeral for somebody their own age. And I thought about it and I said, I, I don't know how many I've like been to. And so I like, you know, I talk about my PTSD a lot and people are like, that's very brave that you talk about that. And, and I think the only difference between me and a lot of my friends that I went to high school with, that I grew up with, that I was in the streets with is that I have an official diagnosis and I'm not embarrassed to talk about it publicly, but I know almost all of my friends also in some form or another suffer from PTSD. Um, and that's why the, the, the running has just been a, a godsend for me because of that. Well, well do, do you mind sharing what, where did that PTSD come from? I know that, that you had some experiences back in the day that that led to that i guess it was like cumulative but the the really the the event that really was the genesis of that diagnosis um happened in 1992 i was assaulted during an armed robbery and that led to me having back surgery about two weeks later an emergency back surgery and that became surgery in 1992, had a second surgery in 94, and then actually had a third back surgery in 1997. And that left me partially disabled. I still managed to get around, but things were never quite the same. And then in 2003, I was stopped at a red light. And I don't remember the incident, but apparently I was hit by a drunk driver it was doing about 70 miles an hour, just rear-ended into me while I was stopped at the intersection. And uh, I woke up in a trauma center, and they basically said, you know, you're, you're in the hospital, you're in an accident. Um, and just matter-of-factly, we're like, you know, you're never going to walk again because of your previous conditions, and this just made it worse. Jeez. Yeah. It was like one of those like bad movie moments where you're just thinking like this no, like this is not happening. 
And that's what I said to them. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm going to walk. And they were like, it's great to have a good attitude and it's great to be positive, but you have to be realistic. And I said, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know me personally and what I've been through, what I've overcome and like how, like, if I decide to do something, I'm going to do it and nothing's going to stop me. And, you know, it was like, I'm going to be the best rehab patient you ever had. But I, I was in the hospital for, for days and I did spend time in a, in a wheelchair. It was really scary. Wow, man. Wow. What, what, what got you through that? You know, were you able to maintain that that mindset that you had with the doctor when you told them that you were going to get through this? Um, you know, I, I think to be really honest, I think part of it is like fake it till you make it. <laughs> right. You know, it was like I was I was really good at convincing other everyone else that I was confident, but then when the nurses and the doctors would leave and I'm in the bed alone. It, you know, in the middle of the night, that's when, you know, it's scary. And you're like, I don't like, can I do this? And I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't give up. And, and I guess that being stubborn, deciding it, like nobody's going to like the worst thing anyone can do is tell me I can't do something. And that's exactly what the doctors did. And I just kind of, I guess, followed that same formula to push me through and you know it it went from you're never going to walk again and I'm in a wheelchair to you're never going to be able to walk without your walker you're never going to be able to walk without a cane then progress to you're never going to be able to walk without a limp and and the thing is like when I'm in a uh, a walker and they're telling me I'll never be able to walk with a cane I'm thinking that's great because i'm like i'm walking right but but it never got to a point where i didn't try to push a little bit further but honestly the fact that i became a runner and a distance runner is just like even like i can be cocky have a big ego (laughs) right um and and even i didn't think like that 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 was possible because a few people were like oh you might as well just try to take the next step and i was like i'm I'm, I'm walking without a limp i'm like i'm appreciative and i'm happy i started doing aqua jogging at the y because it was a way for me to stay loose without putting pressure on my spine and that really helped me build up the muscles around the back and it took away like i have sciatica even to like every day even now it just some days are better than others, but I have it every day. But the the swimming and the aqua jogging was so great for that. And that allowed me to build up to get to the point where I could just walk for forever. You know, I would go on like 20 mile walks and I was happy and content with that. After a few years of just, you know, being the walking man, the local YMCA had a, a 5K advertised, and I was like, hmm, I, like, I wonder if I could enter the 5K. And I had no idea. Like, I, I ran in high school, but I had asthma, so I was a sprinter. I, we didn't have 
the the joke was that people were like, "Oh, did you do cross country in high school?" And I was like, "I went to high school in North Philly. There was no country to cross. Like, yeah, the subway was a block away." <laughs> but I went to the director of the race because I didn't I didn't know how it worked, and I said, "You know, I I, I haven't ran you know years." literally. And I said, I, I think I might be, I was like, I know I can do 3.1 miles, but how do five K's work? Like, could I start out running, but if I physically can't run, like finish it by walking and they were like, Oh yeah, it's pretty informal. It's not a big deal. We have a lot of seniors that do it families and they actually walk the entire thing. So I thought, great. And in my mind, I went into it with a one and done, just like, Hey, I can say like my success story. I ran a 5k after being told I would never walk again. And I got really lucky. I actually was able to run the whole thing. It was amazing how, when I saw the finish line, it's like my brain went back to high school to being a sprinter. When you're like, okay, I'm at the point now where I just open up and turn it on. And without even thinking, I did that at the end of the 5K and I flicked, finished across the line in a straight sprint. And then I broke down like I just won the Boston Marathon. Like I cried. It was amazing. And I hadn't felt that kind of like elation um, in so long that I was like, I I have to do that again. We're like, when's another 5K? So I ran another 5K. About two weeks later, then I found a 10K and somebody said, oh, now you do a half marathon. And I was like, "Like, let's not be ridiculous, but <laughs> I'll try. And then, right, so then I, I trained, you know, and I did the half marathon and somebody said, marathon. And I'm like, there's no way, this broken body. Like, I couldn't do what I just did and then do it all over again. Impossible. And the scariest moment when I, cause my, I just got lucky. I entered the lottery for the New York city marathon 2016. And again, that was something where I can say, Oh, bucket list. I tried to run the New York city marathon. Um, and wouldn't that be cool to be my first full marathon to, to be like a world major, but there's only 8% chance of getting chosen. And of course I got in. And when I, I remember when I I was doing pretty good. And then when I passed the sign, it said 13.1. I'm like, I've never run in a race this far. And like, I have to do 13 more. Like, oh my God, this is real. And that just ended up being one of the greatest days ever. Um, because I collapsed. Like I crossed the finish line, same as I did in the 5K. And I, you know, dropped to my knees and then I just bawled like a baby. And for a second, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. But then I looked around. Everyone else was doing the same thing. So unreal. (laughs) Even when I'm telling this story, sometimes I'm like, you know, if I didn't know myself, I think this guy's full of it or exaggerates. um, Because who tries to get into New York City marathon? in the lottery and gets picked the first time. <laughs> so. Wow. So, so 
Is it ever still, you know, with the, with the pain and with everything you've gone through, and you always continue to go through life? Life never stops coming at you. That's for sure. What 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 keeps you running today? What what gets you out of bed to to go run on the on the tough days? Uh, running is like my drug, like that runner's high. Um, I've never been a like a heavy heavy drinker, even though obviously I love beer. <laughs> um, was never a heavy drinker, never tried any illegal drugs. Um, it just wasn't my thing. I was more into music and sports growing up. You know, I was serious enough about the athletics. Cause like I said, I was like, I'm not a natural athlete. I'm not tall. I'm not, you know, physically imposing big person. So the the way that I achieved my success was that I just knew I was willing to outwork everybody. Because, like, in Little League, I got cut the first two years I tried out for Little League and was devastated. And I ended up being the captain of my high school baseball team. And it wasn't because I was the most talented player. I mean, I was good. But I I was nowhere near the best. I wasn't even the second or the third best player, probably. But I put in the time and the effort to outwork everybody. And and that's the one thing that I always know I can count on. It's just the way I'm the way I'm built, I guess. You wanna you wanna tell us the story about kind of your most recent thing that happened? Getting getting a new set of uh chompers man some teeth you you, you want to talk about that you don't have to yeah no absolutely i'd love absolutely. to hear because because man you've come through so much and you said you've given up you know a lot of other opportunities and there's other things that you've probably held back on because of your smile but that as of this week has been fixed too right and and actually and that does tie into the rest of the story because so 1992 I get assaulted during the arm robbery. I'm in excruciating pain. They put me on, you know, Percocet and Dilaudid, and I'm getting, like, all the, the drugs they're giving me. And I really needed them at that point because I was in that much pain. And then, basically, you know, you have a second surgery and then a third back surgery, and then I'm taking uh, – that was back when they were more liberal – with the prescriptions, I spent literally years, like a few years, just in bed. It takes away the pain, but it also takes away your drive and your life. And I, I literally had a day where I looked in the mirror and was like, I like I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm breathing, but I'm not really living. And I went into the the, the pain clinic I was going to, and I was like. Uh yeah, I don't need the the Percocet um this month. I'm like this is gonna be my last visit. I'm I'm gonna I'm take myself off the pain meds. And they were like, You can't. We'd have to set you up to go into a detox and then a rehab and I'm like, No, I just like I want them out of my system. I need to see if I'm able to survive without them. And I just went home, lived alone and <laughs> I detoxed off of all the opioids at one time and it was exactly how it seems in the movies. It's, it's worse. It's awful. But then when I came through the other side of it, 
you find out that it rewires your brain, number one. So your pain receptors act differently after a while. And it takes a toll on you physically, especially on your teeth, which I wasn't aware of. And towards the end, right before I took my, like, before I decided I'm not, like, I can't just pop opioids the rest of my life, whether they're giving them to me, you know, the right way or not. I started to notice, like, oh, this tooth is loose or I'm having problems. So it, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened gradually and increasingly. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I'm missing a tooth. Like, what happens if one of the front teeth fall out? So then that adds more stress. And then that stress turns into physical. Then my back gets tight because I'm upset and it's just a whole crazy, you know, deal. I'm on disability, so I don't have dental coverage. I don't have the finances. And even though I had stopped taking the opioids in 2012, by the time I had decided to stop, the damage to my teeth was had like already been done. It was so for a few years after that, it just progressively got worse and worse. And they said, you need to have this procedure. And I'm like, yeah, with what money? Who's, you know, who's going to pay for it? So I compensated. I started trying to talk with my mouth closed. I wouldn't smile in pictures. Um, certain things that you can't eat. There were times when I would panic if I'm out with friends all day and they're like, we're hungry. Let's go to eat. I'm like, yes, I'm starving. We get to a restaurant and there's nothing that I can swallow so i'm like oh my stomach hurts i'm actually not that hungry um and making excuses because i had, was missing so many teeth that i literally there were things i couldn't eat because i couldn't chew and uh yeah it 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 literally got to the point where they said we're ha we your only option is to have the remaining teeth all extracted and you're going to need implants. And they gave me the price on it. And I was like, oh, great. I'm never going to eat solid food again. And then uh, I had this amazing, amazing, amazing girlfriend who, uh, like, looked past the problems with my teeth and just convinced me, you know, that's not you. It's, it's temporary. It can be fixed. And of course, I had been dealing with it alone for so many years and hiding it. And I'm like, no, but I don't have the money. And I was really defensive. And she had this magical way of being able to get through to me where other people couldn't because I'm very stubborn. I don't like to listen to other people's advice. Um, <laughs> but for whatever reason, she had the magic touch and could talk to me and said what about doing GoFundMe and I said I'd have to expose myself I'd have like I would be admitting to people and she's like that sometimes that's not such a bad thing you have so many people around you that that love you your friends like they adore you and I'm like I have to agree you are one person I've noticed that when you post something or ask something or, or talk there's there's people around you man like all the time there's a community 
that's always interacting with you. It's something I noticed about you early on. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm 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 so blessed with that and and that uh that at least it planted the seed in my head that maybe doing a GoFundMe isn't the worst thing. Um, and, and swallowing some of my pride and showing some vulnerability, which is hard for somebody with PTSD to be vulnerable, period. But then I would have to do it publicly was really, really scary. No doubt. But like I said, she planted the, the seed and at least made me consider it. And then ultimately I had a friend who said, you know, you're going through a really bad time right now. You need something good in your life. It, it's affecting your health. And she's like, please let me put up a GoFundMe. And this was in Jan- in the beginning of January. And I said, Andrea, I I love you. I I appreciate it. I know you're trying to help me. But I need thousands and thousands of dollars. It's the middle of COVID. No one has money. Everyone's laid off. And I said, you can do it. I'll take the pictures of my teeth looking terrible and, you know, we can put them up. I said, but I would be shocked if it raised a few hundred dollars. I would be grateful for it, but it wouldn't really put me anywhere realistically close to getting the work done. And she put it up and it just exploded and obviously the fact that that we've mentioned that I've had the procedure done, people came out of the woodwork. I was so amazed. I'm still amazed. And my friends are just like, "Uh we told you, we got your back. Like people, you know, you've done things for people. People are now paying it forward paying it back. And so many people donated so much so quickly that Within two months, I had to, after all these years, I had the procedure scheduled and I had it done last Thursday and it's been amazing. And I know there's people at Athletic, if you're listening to thank you, thank you. And uh, my friends, the, the people that donated anonymously, I wish I knew who you were. I don't even have a list. It hasn't changed my speech, which... Even the dentist was surprised. And I've been eating foods that I haven't been able to eat for years. So, Gosh, yeah, it, it's it's just like getting a, a a new lease, you know, on life. It's amazing something that you don't, you know, may, might not think about what effect that much does. It, it changes your the way you see everything, you know, the way you approach situations, the confidence level, the... What's possible? Oh, absolutely. Because I've even turned down a few um, roles to be in films uh, where I have friends that are um, filmmakers. And it wasn't even like, hey, I want you to audition for this role. There were calls where they were like, I want you to play this character. It's yours if you want it. And I just have to say like, oh, man, like I'm so I appreciate that. But my teeth are really messed up and I can't do that. And. You know, they understood, but so, yeah, the next person who offers me a movie role, the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm taking the role. You're going to smile the whole time, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave, that is incredible. You know, that's a lesson right there. You know, opening up, being vulnerable sometimes is when you don't want to, putting away your pride, like you said, sometimes that's what it takes to get the job done and, and, and to elevate yourself to that next level. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's all about teamwork because the, the proof is in the pudding. I tried to do it by myself for years and I couldn't do it. And it could have been 10, 20, 30 more years. And on my own, I did not have the resources and the ability to make it happen. But my team stepped up and and took care of me. Well, man, I, I'd love to, to ask you uh, a couple rapid fire questions or just some questions to wrap up the interview, if that's all right with you, unless there's something else yeah. specific you wanted to share. Um, I just want to share that I was a beer lover for a really, really long time. And in 2018 I said I want to be a better athlete like I want to get quicker marathon times I want to finish you know my 5k's quicker I want to be a better athlete what can I do I can just cut out the alcohol and then about five seconds later I'm like oh but what am I going to do (laughs) because non-alcoholic beer is trash and I went on Google and I was like, please don't tell me it's those two that it used to be like that something has changed. And luckily something had changed. And I went out and I searched and I found some non-alcoholic beers and athletic honestly turned out to be the best one. The fact that I'm an ambassador for athletic, like to me, like I'm so proud of that to, to represent the company. I mean, the product is great. I like the message that the company sends. So yeah, I just want everyone to know how proud I am to be associated and affiliated with Athletic Brewing Company. Dave, we're proud to have you, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Just, you know, your story's incredibly inspiring. Um, just thinking about, I know everybody listening is thinking about, dang, what, what do I need to open up it about? What do I, what is holding me back that I could allow, you know, people in into that vulnerable area to to help me with you know we we all try to be tough and we all try to handle it on our own but there just comes a point where we got to lean on each other so that's what the whole ambassador community is about that's what athletic is about and just just proud to have you a part of it what 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 would you say your favorite beer is uh cerveza athletica yeah i I need I, i need that to be year round you need it to be year-round. Well, shoot. Well, I tell you what, I, I don't know if I could do that, but I do know that at Cerveza is, uh, as of I think this week or next week, it, it's the new seasonal beer. So it, it is taking over for the season. Spring's here, so Cerveza's yeah. coming. And I still have some in the fridge. There you go. We're going to have to send you some. Yes. So so let, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What would you say the biggest goal you have that isn't yet achieved? What would you say that is? Oh, I'm going to try to run an ultra. Uh, I don't have one in mind. And, you know, COVID is making in-person races difficult, but that's kind of the running-wise, the goal. We'll have to get you out on one. I have to get you out on one. There's plenty of them around, that's for sure. There's a lot of athletic beer at the finish lines of, of a lot of those, so... There's a lot of athletic beer at the finish line at every race I do. <laughs> I make sure I make sure. That's awesome. I love it. So let me ask you this. Do you have a hobby that folks don't know much about or you don't talk about much? My friends that know me for a long time have known it, but um my background is in the, the music industry. I've 
performed at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. Jazzy Jeff actually DJed my prom. (laughs) Yeah, his girlfriend was in was in my my graduating class in high school. So Jazzy Jeff (laughs) was a DJ at my prom before he was famous. So I knew him free fame. And then I ended up as a as a DJ uh, on a local radio station. Funk Wizard Snow. Yep, that was my, that was my hip hop name, Funk Wizard Snow. Um, and I met Will Smith through Jeff, and ended up in one of his videos, and have just done a like I have a. You can actually still buy some of my own releases o- online as digital downloads somewhere in the dark corners of the the <laughs> web but yeah but there's a there's a whole bunch of people that don't realize i had like this whole previous life as a uh, like as an early rapper and i was actually this i'm really proud of i was um inducted into the greater philadelphia hip-hop hall of fame are you serious yeah and yeah my, my name was uh, probably the only thing that i think made me as proud as, as being inducted into like the local hall of fame uh at philadelphia international airport a few years ago had commissioned uh like down a long hallway between terminals celebrating philadelphia dj culture and they picked the top what they thought were the top 100 djs in in the history of philly not not just hip-hop but uh you know, that mixed and scratch, but then it was also radio DJs. Uh, like myself, I worked at a station called Power 99. Um, and one of my friends called me and said, uh, look at your phone, I'm sending you a picture. And it said, on the mural, Funk Wizard Snow. So that was pretty cool. Dave, man, you've got just some wild <laughs> stories. <dude. laughs> I told I, I told you, like, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, if I didn't know me and I didn't experience all this, like firsthand, I would think I was so full of it. <laughs> like there's just like there's just no way that that like all this stuff happened in one person in one lifetime. But hey, man, that, that I believe it. I, I I know some I know some crazy folks and. uh We've gone through a lot of stuff, so this is. But you're right there at the top of the list, man. This is awesome. So, what what does it mean to you to live without compromise? Uh, to give your all at all times. It doesn't even matter whether you win or lose, as as, as long as you've, you know, given your best. You feel good at the end of the day, and take care of other people along the way while you're doing it you you can take care of other people uh you know without compromising yourself there's a way to take care of yourself and other people Mm. not not just about yourself no and that's obvious i just got my teeth done and that's because other people obviously had that same mentality and they looked out for me so well dave it's a long time coming we've been needing to interview you but you know i'm glad we waited until see your story, you know, take some incredibly positive turns and some, some, some highs. Yeah, man. Just happy to have you on the team. Happy to hear you're doing better and got your teeth and getting vaccinated, man. You're ready. You're ready to roll. Yeah. I'm sure something else bad will happen that I'll get to (laughs) overcome. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's an it's an it's just my it's my life. That's life, man. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is, I'll whatever it is, I'll kick its ass too. <laughs> First of all. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. <laughs>